I guess the first question is, do you stand by your psyche val of uh, nominee Steve Ignacio? Oh, yes, yes. I, I completely stand by my work. Um, I, I, I do it in keeping with how I was trained. Um, and I follow what the directors of our field. Uh, but, but something to keep in mind is that when we're asked to do a fitness for duty evaluation, we're just one piece of information. And so um, we, they, the committees would take into consideration what the psychologist has to say, uh, all the other work that's provided, resumes, uh, past work performance, all of these things would be considered by the board. And then if they have concerns in certain pieces, they can ask for additional clearances or uh, additional information from other sources. Like I think you're seeing here with Dr. Asimoto, that they, they can they can continue. It's a, it's a living process. So as they get information, they can get clarification things from other sources that may help to shore up or to clarify concerns and other team members' uh, concerns and reports. Uh, on Dr. Akimoto's evaluation, uh, do you think that that trumps your psychological evaluation? Because I noticed that in his eval, he said that um, Ignacio was uh, had a normal mental status. Now, is that standard for a medical evaluation? I, I don't. I don't really take any offense to it. I don't think like it's a trumping by any means. Because I think if you read my full report. Um, uh, if someone read that, I think they could take in the context about and the, and the reason why I made the decision. Um, but I can't comment directly on that report because protected health information. Um, but there's many there's many avenues in which a psychologist makes different determinations. So we look at different aspects. We look at the entire person, how they function psychologically as it relates to other things and, and different things like health habits and all these other parts. And so I really don't feel it like the Dr. Akimoni and I are, are trumping each other or overstepping each other in any way. I think it's part of the team process. Um, and, but I just think if, I think it's hard for people to understand how things unfolded because they, they didn't read the report in the entirety. So I think I think the way it appears is that we're trumping each other or you know, working against each other, but we're really not. It's really a collective process, and I, I think that the, the deciding board was absolutely doing its best diligence by getting uh, further clarification from the position. How seriously do you think uh, senators and the public should take uh, this evaluation that says uh, nominee Ignacio is not fit uh, to be the chief of police? I, I, I don't submit anything lightly, and so when I submitted everything, I explained the factors and reasons for that, about the reasons why um, uh, I, I would not find somebody fit. And, and I also feel, uh, that I think that's what all psychologists do, is that when we say things, we explain why. And so then a team um, can seek uh, out a information because sometimes we make recommendations along those lines about that we may not be clearing somebody in the moment based on absence of information or things that there and, and then somebody can go and get more information to clarify those pieces so um, this, I, I just don't think um, people have been you know educated on the whole process and what goes into that so Sometimes people can be not cleared for things, but then also there will be recommendations about information that's required or things. You can be not cleared on a mental status without for, for many different reasons. Um, and so um, a lot of times when people get 
some pieces of our information. If there's other things that we recommend that should be looked into and things like that, they usually will do due diligence and may find a person uh, fit uh, based on their additional findings. Did you also conduct psychological evaluations on other uh, public safety nominees in, in this uh, current administration? Not in, uh, yes, I did on on, this, uh, on the director of corrections, um, Officer Brennan, um, and also on the customs and quarantine. Um, also, um, as well, I, I did that with uh, Mr. Ike there, and, and so yes, I, I did do their evaluations as well. Uh, so, you know, the administration came out with a statement last night, and their statement was basically that uh, Captain Ignacio has served uh, the department and the people of Guam for, you know, three decades. And, uh, I mean, this is kind of paraphrasing, but they're saying that, that that experience and the fact that he grew up in this community and that he's never displayed any signs of being unfit to lead GPD, they, they kind of seem to, and I don't want to say, a gloss over your evaluation, but definitely there's been some downplaying of, of your evaluation. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I'm not sure like this are just glossing over that because if you if someone were to read the report, they would have an understanding as to how come I made the recommendation I did. Um, and, and then they they went and it looked like they saw got additional information. So I... I I know it may seem a little bit uh, contrary that I don't take any offense or, like, I just feel like we're working as a team because I think if you read my report in the context it was given and the recommendation given and the follow-up of the, the, the committee, I, I think you would see how it all unfolded the way it did. I just, I, I'm just, because of hip I can't explain further, um, but I, it's just the conditions of, of which things were written. I, I just think that isn't being made clear um but I, I think if people understood i don't think there would be as much um confusion about it or, or it wouldn't seem as bad as it does so i mean i i know what you can say but what's the most you can tell us to kind of um i guess appease the the public and you know senators who are waking up this morning and wondering um you know what to do about this because we have the administration basically saying that hey he's you know, he's passed everything else, and the law says that he only has to submit to an evaluation, not pass it necessarily. So is there anything else you can tell us to, to kind of, like, point us in the right direction and maybe just ease some doubts out here or not? Well, so, well just for example, you know, sometimes why a person may not be cleared, and I'm not saying it's easy, but may not be cleared is because it's outside the expertise of somebody. So, for example, um, if we're evaluating someone and we see signs of jumping, but it's outside of our realm of expertise, like cardiology or anything else like that, we, but a person reporting, we can't clear them. But if our information is, is given or gotten from a medical professional, that, you know, that, that, that would suffice, like, you know, different things. So there's, there's certain times where we may not be able to clear people, because some additional information is warranted or needed, but if that information is obtained and found to be satisfactory to things, that could be something that could go in from there. So it, it's just that that can also be a reason why a provider may not clear someone for fitness because they don't have enough information or, or they have information but not all the pieces, and so they can't just do that. So um, 
So, for example, let's say I was evaluating a military training instructor, and part of that um, clearance was you have to get uh, uh, feedback from the family as far as supports and things like that. And let's say they said that uh, my, I think my family supports it. I'm not really sure. Um, someone might say they're not cleared, um, you know, for this reason. They're not cleared for uh, duty. Um, however, if more information is obtained, uh, it may be concerned in the future. So these are other ways that things can be written in that. And, and then, you know, a, a committee for military training director might go and get more information and, and consider other things. So that's, that's what I'm just trying to say is that when we do fitness for duty evaluation, we're working off all the information that we have that's given to us in the moment. Um, but again, it's a living document. So when you stay over the committee, you say you might need other things. You know, then they, they can further follow up. So I, I don't know if that helps explain things because we really don't want to cause, I mean, I, I definitely don't want to cause worry to our community or to think that, um, that psychologists, we don't take our work seriously. We really do. And I, and I, I put a lot of work into that evaluation. I just think there's more to it that would maybe put the public at ease that they know the whole process of how it works through. So you uh, declared that uh, Captain Ignacio was unfit to lead the Guam Police Department. You know, that being said, uh, do you think that he should still get the job? I, I, my thought is that um, I, I did not clear him at that moment in time, but if they have additional information that uh, maybe followed some of the recommendations in my report and some of my concerns, if they were able to, to do that and clear that, I can't see why there wouldn't be any reason why he couldn't leave the department if they if they followed up on the recommendations and found information that supported his nomination. Do you feel that Captain Ignacio is a danger to the community? Do I personally feel he's a danger to the community? No, I, I don't think uh, that he's an imminent risk to danger to the community. Um, but but I I can't I can't really speak as to why or any of those things. But everything's protected health information. Okay, doctor, is there anything, uh, you know, there was a comment that the chief of staff uh, for the administration made, and I, it was something along the lines of, he doesn't know how much time you spent with Captain Ignacio, but he spent hundreds of hours with him, and uh, he basically said that there was no indication that, you know, he was unfit for duty. Um, I kind of have trouble with that because you're the professional. Uh, what would you say about well, I, I think I, I, I think people have to understand that. When we do an evaluation with somebody, um, generally speaking, we don't just go, it's not like we just sit down with somebody and then we decide on ourselves. We take in a lot of points of information. And the majority of the information that we take comes directly from the patient in some form. So either through standardized testing measures, their own self-reports or things like that. So it, the, the other part, too, is that the other thing to keep in mind is when people see a mental health evaluation, we're asking things and things that, most people aren't asking on a daily basis. We're asking and we're inquiring from people. Most people aren't going into people's full health or, um, you know, their daily life with their families. You, know, you, you have to think about, too, about the nature of what we're doing. You know, we're, we're asking very specific things as it relates to fitness for duty. We're not, um, we're just focusing on a mental health piece. And, and that's why we're just one piece of that. Then you take into consideration perhaps all the things that chief of staff is talking about, all their observations and things. But keep in mind that when we do our evaluations, we're working off a lot of the direct information a patient is giving to us, um, in addition to the science and the research that supports the standardized measures we use as predictors of people's performance. So that's, that's I 
psychological mental status evaluation. Uh, are there any issues uh, based on your evaluation with Captain Ignacio uh, owning and possessing and using firearms? No, no, there's no concerns. As far as I know, uh, I, again, I can't really speak to that, but I think if people were able to read the full report and as to what what the evaluation, what the recommendations were based on, I think it would give a clear understanding about what the concerns were. So, I mean, you, you keep saying that. Do you think that... Uh, it would be in the interest of maybe the administration or Captain Ignacio to to release the full report to the public uh, to just kind of, you know, give people because you seem to be saying that if we could read the report uh, and look at this, you know, in the full context that maybe people wouldn't have, uh, you know, such an issue with it. Well, you know, at, at the same time, too, I have to be an advocate for the, the applicant and the patients in general. And, and, you know, our protective health information is very sensitive to a person. Um, I, my thought might be a, a better course of action. This is totally up, up to the, the folks there is, you know, maybe um, if they wanted to, you know, maybe consider maybe myself talking with them or something like that about how to explain things in a way that reassure the public but also protect the applicant. Because, again, this is sensitive information that they are going through, and it's, it's not really meant for... Um, for everyone to be reading because it disclosed a lot of personal history and things like that. So I have to be protective of them as well. So, it, so it, it's kind of this balance we make where we want to make sure that the public can be reassured and not alarmed, but at the same time, we really have to protect the, um, uh, you know, the, the privacy and, and the confidentiality of the applicants as great protected health information. Right, and so the the chief of staff, Tony Babauta, said that he has not read the report. He has no interest in um, reading uh, the report. Um, what do you make of that? Do you, and how do we balance the need for the public to to know about uh, the people who are serving them and the rights of the patient? Because I mean, this is a it's a high profile public position, and there are people out here who feel like you know the public has a right to know. Oh, yes, I, I, I completely understand that. But what I mean, so, Marcella, maybe if they were willing to discuss as a group what they could release about maybe just to highlight what the pertinent areas of concern were and maybe how those areas were um, were, were remedied, right, or, or maybe looked at more closely, um, but not having to go into all the detail of what somebody's sharing about their whole life in evaluation. Because I think I think that can be done. I, I think that um, you know, I think that this definitely something that can be uh, done uh, to help to, to help people understand. But I think it can be done in such a way that you know it's sensitive to the needs of the applicant, but also you know it's sensitive to the needs of the public. But I I, I just uh, hesitate to say that you know anyone's well, protected health information, medical or mental health records, should become public information. Right. Uh, so, I guess one last question here: uh, Does does your evaluation of Captain Ignacio, your psychological evaluation, have anything to do with any pre-existing medical condition that he may have? Are you able to comment to that or? Things that maybe it related things, the feeling that nature, like, you know, just 
being able to talk about those things and explain about more generally speaking, I think that would maybe help to reassure the public, but the, at the same time, uh, protect the, the chief of police, um, you know, uh, protected health information. I think that might be a part of that. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, doctor. You're welcome.